Hi. Hello. It's it's the true neutral the people here. The people the yeah. people of true neutral. Yeah, we are here. Yeah. Hopefully you're here too. <laughs> yeah. There's also a baby. Yes. I'm Keenan. I'm Derek. And uh what do we what do we do? Uh today I think we might be doing something kinda like uh cryptids around the world. Woo Um what are we talking about? So, I found a fun little one. Uh, I'm not sure if we've talked about this or not, but, you know. <laughs> um, but it's called the Moko- Mokele Mbembe. Uh, okay. Um, I'm not going to try and say that myself. <laughs> if that's all right with you. Sure. Yeah, that's all, That's up to you. <laughs> it's it's spelled pretty, pretty crazy, so. <laughs> Mbembe. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> um so basically uh in in the that language Lingala is the name of that language which I didn't I've know. never heard of that. Um but it means uh one who stops the flow of rivers. Uh, so they're a dam? Um no. So um it's like supposedly it lives in the Congo River basin. And okay. it's basically a, a dinosaur. It's like a, a, a mythical dinosaur that lives in the, the Congo. Like Nessie. A South American Nessie? Kind of. But this one is, uh, like, amphibious. Sweet. So it's pretty much, like, like pictures of it, like, drawings of it. are. It's always... Nessie. It looks like Nessie. Yeah, with legs. It's like a brontosaurus or a brachiosaurus. Yeah. Um, uh, there have been depictions of Nessie with legs. They're usually little flippers, but they're the same thing. It looks like the mm-hmm. same thing, just in a different part of the world. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing here is that um, sometimes it's described as being a living creature. Sometimes in folklore it's described as just being a spirit. Um, spirit. Also, it uh, has, it, in descriptions, it either has a single tooth or a horn. But does it have teeth if it has the horn? No, just a, I don't think so. Are you sure? No, not entirely sure. Because that seems like it would be practical. If you're going to gore things with a horn, you'd need to chew that stuff. No, it, well, it's an herbivore. Why would it need a horn? For defense? It feels like you just have a lot of stuff on you if you had a horn for defense. <laughs> um, so I have a description here. Of it, actually, it's a pretty long little thing. But all right, um, it's the first uh, recorded report of a Macaulay. I'm 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 not gonna Macaulay Mbembe. Yeah, something like that. Um, came from a German captain named Ludwig Freiherr von Stein zu Lausnitz. (laughs) Got through that one. That's one hell of a name right there. Um, and this description has been put down. It came from him, but was penned in the book by uh, The Lungfish and the Unicorn by Willie Lay. Oh, I thought you were saying The Lungfish and the Unicorn penned the book. No, no. A guy named Willie Lay did. Uh, Willie um, Lay? Willie not? <laughs> uh, so here's uh, a quote 
from that. It says, The animal is said to be of brownish-gray color with a smooth skin. Its size approximately that of an elephant, at least that of a hippopotamus. It is said to have a long and very flexible neck and only one tooth, but a very long one. Some say it's a horn. A few spoke about a long, muscular tail like that of an alligator. Canoes coming near it are said to be doomed. The animal is said to attack the vessels at once and kill the crews, but without eating the bodies. The creature is said to live in the caves that have been washed out by the river and the clay of its shores at sharp bends. It is said to climb the shores even at daytime in search of its food. Its diet is said to be entirely vegetable. This feature disagrees with the possible explanation as a myth. The preferred plant was shown to me. It's a kind of liana with large white blossoms and milky sap and apple-like fruits. Uh, At the Sambo River, I was shown a path said to have been made by this animal in order to get at its food. The path was fresh, and there were plants of the described type nearby, but since there were too many tracks of elephants, hippos, and other large mammals, it was impossible to make out a particular spore with any amount of certainty. Okay. So... So no footprints, but he's quite sure the thing is real. Uh, maybe. He he definitely thinks it's a possibility. Yeah. Not ruling it out, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting creature. Just like a, it's basically just a dinosaur. Yeah. Just living, you know, in the Congo. A single tooth-slashed-horn dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously a lot of people are like, yeah, that's just, you can't, dinosaur can't live in in Congo. (laughs) We don't know. You don't know, skeptics. (laughs) You don't know shit about shit. You don't know a dinosaur. Yeah. Most of what we have about dinosaurs is speculation, so it's, it's really unfair to say where they could or could not live. So, Just a, as as a point for the cryptozoologists out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, so, uh, according to Brian Dunning, in a 1929 German book... German? By, Was that first guy German? Yeah. No way! By science author Wilhelm Bolsch. Bolsch. It's a good name. Um... The book's called Dragons, Legend, and Science. (laughs) That's a a cool name for a science book. Yeah. Legends Um, and Science is just an awesome subtitle, but the the first part of that being dragons? Rad. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But apparently, Bolsch wrote that Von Stein clearly believed the creature described was not an actual animal, but instead was nothing more than local folklore. Nothing more than local folklore. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so he he is sure of it. So he doesn't believe it. So it's not real. Yeah, that seems right. Seems good. Um, th- there's an account here from another German adventurer, Lieutenant Paul Gratz, from 1911. Um, the crocodile is found only in very isolated specimens in Lake Lake Bangwelu. <laughs> I'm not sure I pronounced that right, but it's fine. Except in the mouths at the large rivers at the north. In the swamp lives the Nasenga, much feared by the natives, a degenerate sarin 
which one might well confuse with the crocodile were it not that its skin has no scales and its toes are armed with claws. I did not succeed in shooting an Asanga. It's clawed? But on the islands of Mabawala, I came by some strips of its skin. So, no, this is a different one because apparently um, tales of, like, stories of dinosaurs like brachiosaurs or big things like long necks like that or saurians like raptors and t-rexes and stuff are just really common in the african rainforest okay like people say they see dinosaurs in in the congo all the time apparently neat are are these native people yeah okay yeah both the accounts we've gotten have been from german explorers yeah, um, I was just curious about that because there's I, there's a solid chance it's just white people showing up not knowing what they're seeing because that happens a lot. <laughs> I mean that's fair, but I'm a lot of these stories come from traditional like stories of that area. Yeah, and so you would assume that a lot of the sightings are also from the people locals of that area. Yeah, especially yeah. if it's common. Yeah, you would you would hope so. There just happens to be a, a, a large number of, um, I was going to politely call them tourists, but not, not colonialists, mm-hmm. who, are, who are happy to make judgment calls about the things they see the second they go somewhere they've never been. Mm-hmm. That happened just a lot, a lot through history, so wouldn't be surprised about that being a, a potential thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So... Uh, and obviously, you know, so it's because of the stories. People have tried to go out and find them. They've sent expeditions. They've sent people out to find the hidden dinosaurs of the Congo. And like, we, we haven't. Right. You know. Why? And why would they actually do that? <laughs> um, it would be cool to find, like, some dinosaur bones that were not very old there. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, neat. But... Realistically, if there, this is the same issue with every like minimally sighted species, is that there needs to be some level of breeding population. Yeah, unless they're like a dragon that lays an egg every now and then. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the, uh, the one of the common explanations people have is that it could have been um, a, a species of rhino, <laughs> like. That, that had lived there at some point because it, because it could be a folklore tale of people like remembering a time when rhinoceros used to live there, which would be brownish gray skin but smoother skin with yeah. a big horn coming out. Yeah, that lives it because it fine in the water it, and it can eats. rhinos swim. Yes, they can. No, that's fucking scary. Rhinos can swim, not super fast, I don't think. But the it, the long neck and the long tail don't really super fit with that. No. But that could just be an embellishment of a story being told and told and told and told, yeah. you know, for years. What if that's like the common ancestor of the rhino and the giraffe? <laughs> and that was just like the dying sightings of that species. <laughs> Um, so, I think, I do think it's funny, so, here's a thing that I found, that's just, I'm just gonna read from, from the page right here for a minute. Um, 
In the early to mid-20th century, Mokele Mbembe would become a point of focus among adherents of cryptozoology and young earth creationism. Why? <laughs> resulting in numerous expeditions led by cryptozoologists and or funded by young earth creationists and other <laughs> groups with the objective to find evidence that invalidates or contradicts the scientific consensus regarding evolution. Paleontologist Donald Prothero remarks that the quest for Makole Mbembe is part of the effort by creationists to overthrow the theory of evolution and teaching of science there by any means possible. <laughs> Additionally, Prothero observes that the only people looking for Makele Mbembe are creationist ministers, not wildlife biologists. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that for them. And, yeah, uh, apparently most scientific experts think that uh, the stories of uh, Mokele Mbembe, as reported by the natives, are probably inspired by the black rhinoceros, which used to be in that area. Cool. Did the black rhino have big neck? I'm not sure. I would love a rhino with a big neck, is what I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. That would be real good for me. Like, like without expanding its legs at all, it's still got those kind of stubby-looking legs mm-hmm. to keep it low to the ground, but the, the, the neck would be obscurely long. That'd be good. That'd be really good for me. Apparently, historian Edward Guimont has argued that the Mokele Mbembe myth grows out of earlier pseudo-historical claims about Great Zimbabwe and in turn influenced the later reptilian conspiracy theory. Cool. Yeah. Mokele Mbembe is a lizard man god. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I just got out of that. Okay, so Great Zimbabwe is a medieval city in the southeastern hills... Of Zimbabwe. Whoa. Um, and it's thought to have been the capital of a great kingdom during the late Iron Age, about which little is known. Okay. So it's just a big city somewhere that we weren't expecting to find a big city, and we're like, weird. <laughs> Don't know why this is here, or who made this, or anything about them, really. That's exciting, though. I mean, I I get why people would be fascinated by that. Yeah, um, apparently... So, because in the late Iron Age, so they say here construction began on the city in about the 9th century and continued until it was abandoned in the 15th century. So that's about 600 years of this place being here, right? Yeah. And it's uh, about 7.2 square kilometers or 2.7 miles 2.8 miles okay and it could have solid it could have housed up to 18,000 people at its like prime that's a that's a big city especially for the time yeah that's that's what i'm thinking it's like a small city now but like yeah at the time back then now that's a that's a fucking metropolis yeah that's pretty crazy huh is great zimbabwe a myth uh no, it's an actual place. Okay, I, it's why I was because it said and later influenced the, the, whatever the fucking reptilian conspiracy thing. Right. And that's why I'm like I'm trying to figure out how all that's connected. <laughs> Some I'm like, hang on, 
this historian is connecting dots, and I don't see the the through line here. <laughs> you went from one to fifteen, and there were, there were numbers between there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Mm. Yeah. This is. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, Unscrupulous, one might say. Yeah, I just don't understand why. Huh. It's weird. Because it's just like a, a place. It was just a big city. Like, they. It's not like they were. There's. I can't find any weird conspiracy theory. It's not connected to, like, aliens or anything like that, as far as I can tell. There's a. Did we just stumble on the Great Zimbabwe conspiracy? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. So, apparently some people went through in, like, the 1500s and whatnot, like, as the, towards the end of uh, its its life, the, the Great Zimbabwe, the city or whatever. Yeah. Um, But there's reports here of people that just went through, like, right by where it is or whatever, and apparently just, they never reported seeing it. Oh. Like. Neat. Hmm. So it doesn't, like, have any historical context. It's just there. Mm-hmm. Ah. That's interesting. Yeah, Abandoned Lizard City? Is that what they're saying? Um. Uh, that's that's I, what it seems like the folks are saying out there on the street. No, you know. I think that's what that doctor was trying to say. Yeah, out there on the street, the doctor, the people, the regular the people out there on the street, whatever. they know what they're talking about. Don't let them lie to you, sheeple. <laughs> and uh, so it's... It's name <laughs> means, like, the royal court or whatever, like its original name. Zimbabwe? No, of the... That that's what we call it now is Great Zimbabwe, right? But right. Like, I, whatever. Oh, I was I thought you were saying that that's what Zimbabwe meant. No, and so there's like a lot of speculation that like King Solomon and Queen Sheba maybe held court there. Cool. That is neat. Yeah, it's very neat. And wait, how does that relate back to Makele and Bimbe? I'm not sure. That's what I was trying to find out, and there's really just no... There, There is no reason that those things should be connected. There's no, like, reptilian alien conspiracy with this city. There's no connection there to dinos. A great deal of water in or near the city? I don't think so, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, that would make Didn't sense if there like was, it. like, a you know, a great migration sort of thing. Um, because Zimbabwe is in Africa, right? Yes. Like, in in the continent of Africa. So, so I I think that's that's it right there. There is just this one small piece of water up at the northern part. But not yeah, and not a lot. They're on the southeastern side of Africa, so like. That's that's like if you're gonna go away from there, you'd go to Madagascar. Yeah, you wouldn't really go that far, and maybe you'd leave from Madagascar to somewhere else. But like, 
Hmm. There'd be no there'd be no reason to travel the other direction. You'd have to go across various areas, various areas uh to get to the ocean and then you'd have to or take the ocean and go around the continent, the bottom part of that continent and yeah. Okay. So, it's so weird. Historian Edward Guimont uh, I don't think like I don't know the the pseudo historical claims against Great Zimbabwe, and I I just I fail to see the connection between Mokele Mbembe, the city of Great Zimbabwe, and the reptilian conspiracy theory. That's fair. I, I'm failing to understand the connection as well. Yeah. I tried. Yeah, I I was really I was looking for it. I took some shots in the dark and. They were all just shots in the dark. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the the lizard people before. That's yeah. not, it, you know, Great Zimbabwe didn't even come up. When we were no, about that. no, I had never heard of Great Zimbabwe before now, and it turns, it seems to me that it's just kind of an old city it's, that was like one of the biggest of its time. Definitely, yeah, it seems but, really interesting in its own right, but it doesn't really connect to these conspiracies yeah. with this uh, cryptid. Well, I mean, I am interested to learn more about it now, so maybe I'll come back and be like, okay, so I learned. I learned a lot of different history about the city, and I found what the the, the guy was talking about. So. It was one rumor one time. Yeah, right? It was in the funny pages. <laughs> well, if it's a pseudo-historical claims, then it's probably something like there was a, a reptilian, reptilian-like creature, like scaleless or whatever, and... It could morph itself. Maybe it's an alien or whatever, you know. And it, it, at first, it looked like a dinosaur, but then it saw the the people, and it's like, oh, I don't have to look like a dino anymore. And it turned itself into a more humanoid reptilian thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I guess. So. And then, and then they ran the city, and it was a big city, but it was, you know. So, they, but it was, was a troubled city. It troubled city, and, yeah, and then there was the downfall of everything, and everyone had to leave. But then, you know. I, you know, you can weave a tale there. It's not like yeah. it's difficult. No, but, but like, <laughs> the, as far as evidence to support the existence of Michele and Bembe, this feels like a detraction more than anything. Yes, indeed. Indeed. In an already flimsy story. Yeah. Black Rhino. Black Rhino. Well, speaking of, I, I was going to look up the Black Rhino, and I got very distracted by... Great Zimbabwe. By Great Zimbabwe. Uh, what? Um, no, not a super long neck. No, I mean it's got a thick neck. Yeah, it's just a rhino neck. It's just a rhino. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Hmm. And it definitely just has a rhino tail. There's no big, long, sturdy tail. Yeah. Do you think there's any validity to the idea that there might be some surviving dinos in the Congo? Um, not if we haven't found any. Once again, that's my problem with any minimal surviving population is there needs to be enough of them to be a breeding population. And if there is, we would be able to see or find them. But haven't we, like, not explored, like, all the way through all the rainforests? Like, the native tribes have, most probably. Yes, they know the forests or whatever, but, like... We got radar and shit. You think the government hasn't scanned that entire forest up and down, left and right? 
Maybe. I I don't think that's even like a question. I feel like if there's anything to find in the Congo that is like of importance, a government knows about it already. Or the Amazon. Yeah. Because we haven't explored the Amazon all the way either, I don't think, have we? No. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It feels like something we should have done because it's all stuff that's there. But also, I don't know what it would be like to go through there, even with modern gear on foot. And I don't know if you could get through there with machinery without causing irreparable damage. So... You just go I in there s- with a couple of guns and some backpacks full of supplies, and... That's what I'm saying. On foot, it would still be treacherous. Oh, yeah. Like, no I matter mean, how you did it, but, like... that's It's adventuring. Yeah, I, I would have a great time. I'm just saying, like... I want to go find as far a... As like, actually getting it done and mapped is concerned, that's probably a factor. Yeah. I want to go find in some crazy ancient city no one's ever seen before. That would be amazing. It would be. It'd be awesome. I've always wanted to go adventuring. Yeah, I've always wanted to be a like classic old explorer. It always just comes with colonial vibes, though. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to do that without that. That's why I want to explore space or ocean. Yeah, yeah. Right? Me too. I I understand. Uh, okay, so what are you what are you looking up about it then? I am looking up a Scientific American article about it. All right, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Do they have anything good to say? <clears throat> the classic idea of the Michaelium Bembe, an aquatic swamp dwelling sauropod, as illustrated here by David Miller for Roy Mackle's 1987 book on the subject. Mackle's book also includes a version of Michele and Bembe reconstructed as a giant monitor lizard, an interesting speculation that I'll have to cover in the future. Hang on. You're going to love this, right? It's a picture. It looks like Nessie. Yeah. Uh, whoops. <laughs> um, so you're, you're going you're gonna to love this, right? Here, here's the... Here's the name of the article. This article came out in uh, on July 1st in 2002, right? So, like, 20 years ago, but right, right. still pretty recent okay, yeah. overall, right? In Search of the Congo Dinosaur, okay? Okay. Who do you think posted this article? Why? Why would you ask me that? <laughs> I don't know. The Institute... For creation research. (laughs) They're still looking. (laughs) They haven't given up. (laughs) Guys. Guys. My my guys. Oh my god, that's Brothers in Christ. (laughs) The earth is old. Like really old. It's okay, just form it in with your God thing. Make the big bang is is let there be light and you you can morph it and make it all fit if you want that to be your thing. It's not a big deal. It's not. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> wow. The I, earth is so old. <laughs> I 
That shit blows my mind. That's crazy. I think uh. there's a possibility for, like, a small amount of, like, maybe it would, I think maybe not, like, uh, Michaela and Bimbe, because I think having, like, large herbivores like that would be hard to, you know, hide. Yeah. But, like, some of the smaller, like, uh, the raptors that I was describing. Right. With the claws, like, a. Because the raptors themselves weren't ever super big. They range, like, from the size, basically, of, like, a chicken to, like, the size of a dog, essentially. <laughs> like. Alright. So, I think that having a small, like, living population of actual, like, saurians running around in the Congo being predators is not super unrealistic like they could survive there is what i'm saying and they right. could do it and not really be seen very often if they like you know the the natives probably have learned would have learned how to you know avoid them or deal with them right well and i, I just i want to know if this taints your opinion on this at all um so the, I'm going to quote from this article. Um, the idea of the Lakuala Ox Herbis region of the Republic of the Congo might be home to such a beast has been popular, a persistent one since ever since the early 1900s. The great animal dealer and showman Carl Hagenbeck was the, among the first to promote the concept of living dinosaur-like reptiles in Africa. And his claim, made in his 1909 book, Beasts and men <laughs> immediately received global interest. Hmm, that is interesting. So this is a this is a straight up uh, like a poor Barnum and Bailey type, like yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like it's it feels like my my whole idea of this is forever tainted. <laughs> knowing that that's the reason it's popularized because those guys were just outright liars and they would publish stuff that would definitely make them money and that's all they needed. Right. Um, yeah, no, I just... I mean, it just kind of makes it... Because they they may have promoted that idea. They may have, you know, like, like pushed it out to the, the John Q public or whatever, you know? But they still got those stories from the people that lived there. Those stories were already stories told amongst the, the native tribes of the area. Right, but, like, the native tribes of the area are very likely passing down folklore they are acknowledging as folklore. That's, that's, I, mean, I, guess, but, that's I think, something that people don't realize or represent very often is that yes these stories are very old in these tribes yes people have been telling them forever and they're still told to this day that does not mean that those tribes believe that those things are actively out there right now but they could be is the thing they could be like the boogeyman could be yes like yeah. santa claus is yes <laughs> like i'm i don't want to diminish a tribe's belief if like they do believe in their their thing mm -hmm. but like a lot of those tribes must know that they are passing down folklore and would understand it as such and may try to tell a scary story to a visitor mm -hmm. 
and not relate that it is definitely fiction. It's just, you know, something to tell somebody to freak them out. We have those stories. Yeah. If we told, like, a foreign person from a foreign land who had no idea about anything, just didn't know about our culture at all, they may think, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street is a real story. Yeah, it could be. Something that we believe. There's a Mm. dream monster. He comes and he kills you. Like. Yeah. So, I don't know. A lot of those can be taken with grains of salt. This isn't news time. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I see. I get it. I don't know. I just like the idea of, like, some little little raptors running around the rainforest. Oh, now I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a really fun idea, just, like, little chicken-sized raptors running around just doing their little hunting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're, yeah, they're small. They'd be able to hide fairly easy. They wouldn't be picked up. They were found very easily. They'd probably eat, like, bugs and stuff. Yeah, or, Like, like, small, like... Rats and rabbits or whatever the the smaller animals. Are there rabbits down there? I don't know. I don't Are know what rabbits lives in the jungle. I don't know what lives in the rainforest. You know? Bunnies in the jungle. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's got there's some small animals there. There has to be. Yeah, and there's probably like uh, little squirrels and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Flying squirrels are there. They're in those kinds of jungles. I don't know what kind of jungles, but they're in jungles. The other thing is is that uh, they all have the old school description of dinosaurs, which is just smooth, scaleless, reptilian-like animals, where we now know that dinos didn't really look that way. Right. Most of them were feathered, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially things like raptors and T-Rexes and whatnot. They almost all had feathers. Which is just so exciting. Can you imagine just a big feathered T-Rex? It's just such a fun thing. I love it. <laughs> and that would be really. Can you imagine cool. having a T Rex feather. Yeah, I was just gonna say that would be a really cool thing for like the tribes of the time, would, mm-hmm. as like a conquering thing. You just like have have a thing made of a T Rex's feathers, and you're like, yeah, I did that. Kill the fucking T Rex. I envision them being big enough that like instead of a palm frond, I could have someone use that to fan me. Yeah. Just like a giant T-Rex feather. That would be neat. Also, I would like to acknowledge that we are aware that humans didn't live at the same time as dinosaurs. This is all fantasy. It's it's like uh, uh, the, the, the Horizon game, yeah. but not robots. Yeah. No, I, humans, I mean, humans are able to see, uh, not dinos, but like the end of the Ice Age kind of stuff, like. You know, there was humans around for, like, woolly mammoths and saber oh, yeah. tigers Big and old, big old burly creatures, but it was, like, the dying age of those big old yeah. beasties. Yeah. And we didn't get to see a lot of the big, big ones. Yeah. I will... A lot of the dinosaurs we talk about just casually are often from different eras, and mm-hmm. we just don't acknowledge that. Yeah. I'm really bad at knowing when, what age different dinosaurs were from, exactly. But, like... Because I always have, like, these fun ideas of, like, Stegosaurus and Ankylosaurus and 
and, and T-Rexes and whatnot, like, you know, dino fights trying to survive. And I'm like, I don't think any of those dinos actually lived side by side with the other ones. Like, they all lived in different eras, I'm pretty sure. I have no idea about that. That's It's just something I'm aware of that I don't acknowledge, and I thought we should acknowledge it. It's like, I'm pretty sure, like, Jurassic Park, and they say that, and then he has a T-Rex, but I'm pretty sure that the T-Rex lived in the Triassic Age and not the Jurassic Age. I think in the movie they point out that there are, like, like clones from different eras. Yeah. Like, that they're not all from the Jurassic period. It's just kind of a, a good name for the park. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's brought up in the movie. I don't know. Uh, one of DJ's favorite movies. No, uh, no. But uh, DJ messaged us and let us know his three favorite movies. One of them is Jurassic Park. So, oh, very nice, yeah. very nice. Jurassic Park is a great one. Um, if I remember right, in the book, they say that after they get the DNA out of for the dino out of the the mosquito and the amber or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, they needed to find a good like basically a stem cell they needed to find a good host um type of genome to use to manipulate it and so um they ended up using i think it was like a combination of like chicken and frog dna that they manipulated to like frog expand out and i was always interesting because they they emphasized like that they used frog dna and that's Another reason, I guess, that they were like had you such just a go reptilian. Chog, actually, <laughs> just go chog. Don't need the R. Taking too many letters from frog. Chog. It's just an interesting way of doing it. Frogs. <laughs> Frogs played an integral part in the Jurassic Park series. Good. <laughs> they should ta- play integral parts in most places. <laughs> They're great little creatures. I suppose so. I like a frog. I like a frog. I like a toad. Like a frode. <laughs> Dinos in the Congo. Dinos in the Congo. Can We're we... not creationists, though. No, no, that's <laughs> silly. That's absurd. There's no dinos. There's no living dinosaurs in the Congo. I uh, never really believed that there were any living dinos in the Congo, but it makes me sad. I wish there was. Yeah, but there might be some weird creatures we haven't found. Oh, there most certainly is. And, like, potentially related to dinos. That's possible. Yeah, there might be, like, some weird, super unique and specific descendant of a dino that does look, like, vaguely like something that could be mistaken as that, maybe, or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. The idea of a small bipedal saurian running around in the Congo is just such a fun concept, though. I, I fucking love it. It's great. It is. It, it's it is really cool. Let's write that story. Yeah, let's write a Pixar style story about uh, fucking the little the little dino that could. Tell me, tell me the word I'm looking for. The the little things we were just talking about starts with an R. Raptor. Yes. <laughs> I kept wanting to say Reptar, and I, I needed you to help me, so I didn't say that instead. Reptar. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. No, not Reptar. Raptors. Man, <laughs> raptors. We're talking about Raptors. Because I love Raptors. I love Reptar and Raptors. <laughs> and it's okay to do both. Right. <laughs> 
I don't I don't actually have like a particular fondness for Reptar, but it was my nickname at the skate park for a couple years, so that's fun. Neat. Yeah. I do you... have a particular fondness for Rugrats as a whole though. Great show. What would you do if you like got zip zapped back in time and you just found Zip Zap? Yeah, you found yourself surrounded by dinos. Like, Run and hide. What the fuck do you mean? I am food. I am nothing but a vulnerable little piece of shrimpy boy to them. <laughs> there is no dino that would look at me and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to make sure that thing's okay. <laughs> For whatever reason, I think I could survive hanging out, hanging out dino times. I don't think I would die immediately, but I think I would have a really hard time surviving. <laughs> Like, I like once again, I would hide, and then I would figure out what small dinosaur I could potentially take down for food if I couldn't find any berries. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I would trust finding berries. I think I would just go for meat, because I, I feel like that's the safest option in general. I feel like if I start a fire, the things are going to get weird. I mean, maybe you just find a cave. You you fortify a cave uh, with with traps and, and barricades and things. That way, you know. And then you can start a small fire and cook the dino you kill. Or you could try to fashion a uh, a fishing pole of some sort. Yeah. And catch fish. <laughs> I I imagine the first cast you like you successfully like get a bite and then it just immediately rips your either your arms off or your pole is just in pieces. Yeah. Because it's a giant fucking whatever. There had to have been small fish too, right? <laughs> I don't know if they'd be small enough for us to catch on a homemade pole. I just There has to be tiny ones. Maybe when they're babies. So you catch a baby fish then. Just, because there's got to be just regular fish and not just, like, plesiosaurs or whatever, you know? There's got to be more than just dinos in the water, right? There's just regular fucking fish. Yeah. I mean, there would have to be quite a wide variety of fish species even at that time because they were first. Mm-hmm. So I I imagine there would be some small ones, but I, I also imagine they would still be, like majority tougher than they are today because of just the survival tactics necessary of the time. Do you think that the the atmosphere would even be okay for a, a human to live in? Debatable. Dip-zapped back then? Yeah, that's debatable. I don't know. Um, it, so it, too much carbon in the air or something? Just fucking... <gasps> yeah, we just not breathe right. Cause I, we, we don't... I'm not sure how the whatever killed the dinosaurs affected our general atmosphere. Yeah. And that could have had a particular impact on us being able to survive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, without being able to recreate that perfectly, we couldn't know. Because that's a severe impact on our atmosphere. That's a severe impact on the whole Earth, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, whatever happened after that made us able to survive. And it's hard to know if the oxygen would have been the same. So that's interesting. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Very, very interesting. <laughs> yes. Quite. Yeah, because, I mean, if the dinos were... Right in the mic with that. 
if the dinos were killed by like an asteroid hitting the planet or whatever, a meteor, yeah, then it's it probably did fuck with a lot of like the uh, the the way the world is. Yeah, it would have had to like have a severe impact on like the environment itself. Yeah, because isn't that like what started the ice age? Uh, Presumably, yeah. Because the asteroid probably hit, which probably triggered a super volcano, I assume, which would have covered the world in ash for a while, which would have caused an well, even the debris from the meteorite would have circled the globe. Yeah. But and then the the impacts I, I assume it also would have probably triggered a super volcano. Yeah, and then it would have been not only debris but ash. Mm-hmm. And then and that would trigger an ice age for sure. Oh yeah. No everything's sun. yeah, everything's gonna get real cold. And then small little monkeys like us hiding in caves were able to live. Yeah. <laughs> Damn little hairless monkeys. Yeah. Good job, little monkeys. Mm. Are you a little monkey? This little monkey is. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that's that. Yeah, I don't think we could have... I, I, I'm now um, kind of thinking that I don't think the, the atmosphere would have been okay for a, a human being in the time of dinosaurs. And this baby is angry. Yeah, it probably would have been okay for Michaela and Bembe. It probably would have been. Probably yeah. would have been. And those little raptors we were talking about. Yeah. That's probably another thing. The the atmosphere, unless they survived over the eons and adapted, the atmosphere now would not be okay for them. Yeah, I, I imagine that's how they would be, still be around, is that they would still be around. They wouldn't have, like, They, they didn't walk back. through a wormhole. Yeah. Into the future and just be like, ah, I'm still in my forest. Yeah. <laughs> I... I know, like, they say if you send a duck, like, 200 years in the past, it's just not going to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> this baby is angry. Very. And so I think... With that, we shall go take care of the angry baby and bid you all a fond adieu. We hope you enjoyed the story of Mokele Mbembe. Yeah. Return next time for more cryptids around the world. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.